Hi, I'm Doug White, and a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Russ Boschman and I had a show called Secure Digital Life. So last night, because we're not going to be here uh, when you're watching, I'm, I'm not going to be here when you're watching this, last night I went into the crypt and I pulled out an old episode for you that's like really scary, kids. So uh, today on Dr. Tongue's 3D House of Horror, it's Russ and Doug way back in September of 2017 with episode number 31 of Secure Digital Life, which was called Killer Robots. And get this, we were talking that day about Elon Musk and autonomous weapons. Wow. Check it out and enjoy. This is a Security Weekly production for security professionals by security professionals. Please visit securityweekly.com forward slash subscribe to subscribe to all the shows on our network. Welcome to Secure Digital Life. If your users are going to keep putting risky stuff on your machine, you're screwed. So, Top can help us understand the, the complexity of blockchain. I was reading through the show notes, man. Oof. In binary, it would be 001. Uh, who cares? But <laughs> it's probably not significant anyway. Be like you're looking out through the HAL dot, you know, like, oh. hey, Dave, Dave. It's like Sim, but with, you know, it would be like I Sim instead of AI. It's only. Today we were going to talk about killer robots, and uh, the reason we were talking about this was because Elon Musk the other day put out an article, or uh, I guess an op-ed, where he got 116 people to sign this and sent it to the UN. I'm like, I guess if you're Elon Musk, you can send stuff to the UN. I'm like, I've tried sending things to the UN, and then like SWAT teams show up. But but, I mean, basically, uh, he sent this letter to the UN, and he was talking about how we have to stop... The weaponization of AI. Mm. I mean, I mean, it was it was your you, you sent that in. Do you yeah, want no, it's really it's really interesting. And, and as a student myself of posthumanism, this is one of the topics that we talk about. What a is lot. posthumanism? It's so it, we're gonna get we're gonna get to a little oh, okay, a subset okay. of that when we start talking about singularity is, uh, later on. Is it like the Borg? Uh, kind of. It's just basically when when when. When AI, or if AI, uh, assumes uh, a consciousness, the ability to think for itself, um, what is humanity going to do to keep up with it? Yeah, the Borg. Yeah, kind of. I, wa- yeah. I, wa- I like the Borg. I was yeah. always cheering for them in Star Trek. Yeah, I like the Borg, Crush the Federation! Yeah. Un- until, until I found out that they superseded the humans when, it, when they added the crap at the uh, end of Enterprise. Or the beginning oh, of Enterprise. Yeah, I, I, know, yeah, I know, no, know. We didn't even talk about Enterprise. No, no story no, arcs. Uh, uh, no. no, I don't think yeah. so. Although no, Discovery looks pretty promising. It's like, I am locutious of the Borg. So we yep. stick with that, yep, that I version like that one and too. we'll be good. Yeah. But anyway, so he was talking about this and how um, that if we allow like AI to get involved in armed conflict, mm-hmm. that we really have a, a great likelihood of, of yeah. Skynet kind of scenarios, uh, Terminators and all those fun yeah. things that we've seen from movies and TV. Sci-fi often precedes uh, sci-fact. It does, yep. I mean, I mean, Arthur C. Clarke was writing about you know like laptops and the internet and all this kind of weird stuff back in the like 30s and things. He was writing about it, and, and you've seen all that kind of come back around. But Elon Musk apparently got a little bit nervous about the whole thing and started worrying that we were going to actually be able to allow artificially intelligent weapons to go out hunting people, which really sounds pretty scary. And then if you start thinking about having AI that could hack other AI, mm-hmm. so the AI goes after the weapons that are out there, because that would be the, the natural progression, right? Yeah. I mean, Isn't it, that what kind of um, viruses and, and type, certain types of um, malware do right now is they develop the ability to circumvent um, issues that, or, or, or devices 
devices that will prevent it from spreading. That's what I mean, that's Dixie Flatline. Yeah, there you go, it's Dixie like, Flatline. I mean, if you don't know what from Dixie Gibson. Flatline is, yeah. it's from Neuromancer. Yep. And, and it was uh, it, Dixie Flatline was a recording of a hacker that was being used to attack the artificially <laughs> intelligent uh, firewalls of, of this other stuff yep. in Neuromancer. They were trying to break in, so they actually got this guy who had been recorded into a system, mm -hmm. and they, they turned it loose. But uh, Musk said, we do not have long to act once the Pandora's box is open. Yeah, I think that's we've already passed it. It will be hard to close. Yeah, I think he's a little bit too late with this letter, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, you know, AI is, is, is on its way to becoming. In fact, uh, maybe about a week ago or two weeks ago, I had read um, that Facebook was playing with, I think it was Facebook, was playing with an AI they had to shut down. Right. I don't know if that was true or if there was some level of truth to that. Is that, that the one that started swearing and turned into a racist? Yes, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, so they had that. One, they yeah. had to power, but uh, you know, they, they, we had they had to power it down, which I find kind of scary, you know. But um, what happens when you know the technology, like what, they, they're, they're developing all these neuro circuits and 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 even quantum computing, which will allow for uh, a, a computing power far surpassing you know what we can uh, perceive right now. What happens when they turn on and it develops instant consciousness? You know, well, I, like, I think the, I think the real problem is is that as as AI develops, what happens is it becomes so much better than humans. Yeah that we can't even conceptualize what it's doing. And right. suddenly you can't just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to turn this thing off yeah. because you don't even know how to turn it off anymore. Yeah. And if you actually start AI and you set it loose and say, okay, here's what I want you to do, accomplish the objective. Mm -hmm. And the AI is like a human, but it's not. And it's smart and it learns and it comes up with new ways of learning that you didn't even perceive. And it says, okay, well, the simplest solution to this problem is just launch all the nukes and, and we'll, we'll sterilize the planet and then you know, we'll all be, we'll be good after that. I read um, also a week ago, and this, this, for some reason in the last two, three weeks, maybe four, a lot of these articles have come up with a lot of similarities. Um, Stanford University had taken chatbots, and if you don't know what a chat Bot is it's it's basically a piece of software written to communicate with with humans and 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 other things. So it created these two chatbots, and the chatbots had become so advanced they developed their own language that the researchers <laughs> yeah, the that. researchers couldn't understand what they were saying. So they were afraid of what was going to happen. So they powered the, the chatbots chatbots yeah, down. And, so. They think they powered the chatbots yeah, down. Maybe right. they didn't really powder them down. And the chatbots are back there going beep beep boop beep yeah, yeah, beep yeah. boop, which means kill those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, they do it. And I mean, AI—the the whole premise of AI, which, which I mean, I mean, I, what I want—I'm going to introduce one thing here, um, and because I think at this point it, we've surpassed this even. And this was Isaac Asimov. So, so way, way back uh, in the 19, I think it was 1942, yeah. Isaac Asimov wrote uh, a short story that led to him writing a whole bunch of books about robots. And he got really hung up on this way back in the 40s, if you can imagine. And he wrote these very famous three laws of robotics, which I am going to argue are, are not going to help. But, but, but the first ro law of robotics was that a robot may not injure a human being. And he had to keep modifying them, too, because people kept finding logical flaws in them, which were great little plot, you know, you know, little plot devices that you could use in science fiction. But a robot could not injure a human being through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. That was the first law of robotics. The second one was a robot must obey the orders given by a human being, except if it would conflict with the first law. Because, you know, we keep finding these little loopholes in here where Spock asks you to compute pi to the last <laughs> digit. And I'm like, yeah, whoever coded that was an idiot. But, um, and then finally, a robot must protect its own existence as long as it doesn't conflict with the other laws. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, of these laws was a, really, was a really good thought if you think about robots as just being 
human. Right. So you're saying we want to make a human brain and turn it loose. Okay, fine. Then the, the laws are great. But that's not really what we're trying to do. So my question is, what, what is artificial intelligence? You, you want to give well, us I a- mean, our artificial intelligence is, is this idea that a, 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 a human has created a, an artificial life form that can essentially think for itself. Well, maybe not just think for itself. Maybe that's where the singularity comes in. But, uh, you know, a human creating a device that can think. Let's right. just say that. Can think. Can process problems. Can, can, can create. We, we've seen autonomous devices create art now. Um, they write poetry. We even had one who created um, a, an entire film, right. uh, a movie. Yep. Just by and, itself. And I, to, me, the, to me, the word Russ said that that's the whole word yep. is autonomous. Yep. Because originally the way AI was defined was by this guy named Alan Turing, who was this really, really amazing guy uh, back in the – he wrote some papers in the 20s and the 30s. He was writing computer programs for simu- – he, he invented a language to write code in when he didn't even have a computer that would do it, just so he could, he could test his ideas out. But Turing had this, and he didn't really, I don't even think, come up with it. It was called the Turing test. And it was supposedly a test of intelligence. I don't think it's a very good one, to be, to be blunt about it. Because basically it was based on an old parlor game where you try to guess something about someone who's behind a screen. So you try to guess their identity. And the idea of this for, for a test of AI was could a human judge or a panel of judges figure out who the, who the computer was and who the real humans were by asking questions when they couldn't see who was on the other end of it. And originally they were doing it by typing, and then there was like artificial voices and voice modifications and all this kind of stuff. But the truth is, is that that would be to create a device that was like a human. So there would be like a, a simulacrum of a human. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like that idea, because that's not really what AI leads to in computer science. In computer science, it's about autonomy. Can you make a device that can think for itself? So it, it's no longer constrained by what you would think of as computer program. Right. So if I write a computer program and I say, if A, then B... That's one thing. But if you sit down and say, if A, and it says purple, you know, because it's feeling... Synesthetic, as that may sound. It's feeling whimsical. Well, I was kind of using, you know, it's like the, the, what is it, the sky, the moon's not yellow, it's chicken, (laughs) Bob Dylan. Um, Uh. If if it starts coming up with things like that, it started to supersede a a set of constrained rules and and ideas. And this was, this led to neural nets, which were just these sort of simulations of human brains. Uh, I wrote genetic algorithm code, which was where each, uh, each, you know, component starts drawing on the DNA of the previous components and develops into new and and interesting evolutionary things. Mm -hmm. And and all this stuff then leads to the singularity, Mm -hmm. which was where does computing power pass us? Yeah. And and we're almost there. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. but I'm going to let Russ and, talk about and that. And the singularity was was also invented by another science fiction author, um, Werner Vinge, mm-hmm. and he talked yeah. about this idea that what happens to humans when computers become uh, more efficient, they become better than and but in terms of performance and thinkers, what happens to humans when that happens? And then that right. gave birth to this whole idea. It's in postmodernism called posthumanism. Is how do we deal with that? How do we cope with that? So you look at things like upgrades mechanical upgrades and, and implants. And yeah, I mean, I want to bolt stuff into my brain so that I can compete with the AI yeah. that's coming. But yeah, I mean, so, so go, go look at something like Deep Blue. I mean, Deep Blue was IBM's experiment with chess playing. So, so this was this sort of early computer science exercise was how do you play chess mm-hmm. with a computer? And all the initial models of chess playing revolved around rule-based computer mm-hmm. science. So this means I look at all the possible moves, I extrapolate forward as far as I can, and I try to find the best solution in that. That started to develop. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I know I, the first AI course I ever took, you know, one of the problems was to start developing little pieces of chess programs just to try to find better paths through these and to optimize paths and all these kind of things. But that's not AI either. I mean, some of it is. Some of, it, some of it's the same thing humans do because sometimes when you make decisions, you really do follow rules. You say, I'm going to go to school because it's better than becoming a drug addict. You, used a, you, know, you optimize a problem and, or I don't know, maybe you made a different choice. But, but then sometimes humans do new, new things and they come up with new innovations that no one knows exactly how they came up with it. I mean, I mean how do you, somebody sits down and says, you know, I'm going to dream up some really wacky thing and invent it. And that's a very different problem than just saying, here's a rule. Oh, yeah. Do I need to go to school? Should I drive, walk, yeah. bike, yeah. Uh, take the bus, drive it right on the train? Or, or should I try to invent a way to fly there? Yeah. And, and that's, to me, what AI really starts to go towards when it hits a singularity, which is like, how do I supersede humans and now become Leonardo? Well, because you're kind of removing the confines of logic. Right? right. I mean, it's not if A then B as you as you stated. You know, it's it's more like, and I love the Bob Dylan quote. You know, it, it, the moon's not you know yellow; no, it's, it's, chicken. it's chicken. And and so, you know, as crazy as that may sound, it's to to get a machine to think outside of that uh, out of the out of the out of its own program. It's 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 one hell of a feat. It's something that's not easy. And then that comes back to Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. Because, okay, so now let's say you develop something yeah. that's smarter than us, that has its own set of whatevers, and Arthur C. Clarke also wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. And the basic premise of 2001 A Space Odyssey was that the neuroses of Dr. Chandra, who coded HAL, got into HAL somehow. And then HAL became a paranoid, delusional, almost schizophrenic device. And so it's possible that AI then becomes neurotic or, like humans, becomes irrational. And, or we encode it with those qualities on accident maybe, or maybe intentionally. I don't know. Well, I mean, if it invents it's, uh, itself, it still could reach that. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's certainly that possible that, that you could have a kind of like a virtual mental yeah. illness. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also something that we want to be careful of when we start talking about hardcore AI and future um, you know, uh, possibilities, and that is the, the type of, of, of anthropomorphizing or mechanomorphizing or profile, whatever that. Anthropomorphizing to yourself. Yeah, anthropomorphization is a psychological term which which, which means to attribute human characteristics to animals. So when you look at a dog and you see it behaving a certain way, we say that dog is hungry. Maybe it's not hungry. Uh, maybe it just, you know, wants a ball or maybe it needs to go to the bathroom. Well, yes, Why is it hungry? This is scarier stuff, too, yes. because that means that if, it's, if it is the sin, and the singularity where we surpass us means we're now trying to cast... Uh, we're trying to sort of, right. uh, I don't know, uh, ah, I maybe, maybe understand uh, robots or but maybe AI. we don't because maybe right. the behavior of the AI is no longer yeah, something we can comprehend. Yeah. So we say, oh, the, the yeah. computer's behaving in a paranoid way or it's a yeah. racist, but in reality, we don't, yeah. we don't even understand what it's really trying and to do. And what's interesting is it's so quick for us just to pull the power on it. Well, what, yes. happens, what happens when we can't do that anymore? Exactly. Because it can power itself. And, and I mean, and if, the thing, if, if the thing is so powerful and so fast... Mm-hmm. That, you know, unlike Mr. Data, 
I mean, Mr. Data had that off switch on his back that Lore taught yeah. everybody yep. about. And it was yep. like, Data was like, oh, come on! Yeah, you know, and he's yeah. like, I got an off switch. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about Data, too, out there. <laughs> I, there. There was a whole bunch of stuff that really bothered me about Data. Yep. I mean, and most of it involves sex, but we will get into that here. Uh, because I was Tasha like, Yar. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tasha yeah, Yar. Yeah. I'm like, what? And yeah. they're like, why would you build this? <laughs> I mean, what? Like, this is crazy. But, 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 but my point is, is that maybe we can't stop it because yep. the AI simply takes it upon itself and says, I can outcode you, baby. Yep. Like, I'm a better hacker than you. I'm a better programmer than yep. you. I'm smarter than you by, like, say, my IQ is 375. Mm -hmm. So I'm like 10 humans grouped together, only I'm a lot smarter. I'm not neurotic. And I don't really have any empathy. Tell them what empathy means, Russ. Well, empathy means to experience um, feeling, if you will, or, or you know, to become an empath, to experience something that someone else is going through, and then you change the way that you behave, like becoming right. more, more, uh, uh, you know, uh, more. I can't even think either. My it's the drugs. Um, yeah, yeah, but you become more caring towards that individual because they might be going through a hard time, or yeah, I don't have uh, that, but yeah, but well, I mean, feeling my, what other people feel. My example of empathy is is that like if you go walk out of the street when you get out of your car. Mm. You're probably stepping on some microbes and maybe an ant, or you just stepped on a cute little ladybug that you didn't even see. And you're just walking across the landscape, and you have no concept of what's down there below your feet, and you're not paying attention. Because if you did, you'd spend all day looking at the ground, and you'd walk in front of traffic and get killed. And so you really don't have a lot of empathy at that level. Now, maybe if you realize you stepped on a ladybug, and you go, oh, poor little ladybug. I really feel terrible that I stepped on a ladybug. Okay, that's empathy. But the reality is, is you don't have very much. Now, different people have different levels. Some people are all and other people just like go, okay, he died. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but, I mean, at, at, at some point, that becomes really, really scary when you start talking about AI because AI does not going to have empathy for human beings by default. There's no way that it will. You could say, I'm going to code it in. Yep. So you say, oh, we're developing this code, and it has to turn itself. We're going to use Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics. Now, Asimov got around this with a, with a plot device. He basically said, because I said so. I mean, he said it was, it was hard-coded into the positronic brain of the robot, so they couldn't possibly violate these rules. And, and so Data had a positronic brain, too. If you, if you didn't catch that, that's where they got mm -hmm. that from. But, I mean, they were trying to somehow say there was this artificial empathy, which is what the three yeah. rules of robotics were. But I don't know how you do that. And, again, I, you know, maybe somewhere out there in the distant future, somebody's going to figure out a way to actually build it in. But then it gets in this whole world of sort of cyber ethics. So it's like, okay, is that fair? So now I'm going to turn you into a slave. I mean, I mean, if, if we said we were going to do that with humans, everybody would be aghast. But I, I was reading this article, and we've talked about this before, about the sex robots. Mm -hmm. And you can't look away from the sex robot article. Yeah. I mean, you see yeah. it, it's like clickbait, you read it, there's a legitimate article, it and is. then like it was in the BBC. And these exist. Was it BBC? Yeah, they, these exist. And it exists. Yeah. And it was like the creepiest human beings on earth. Sorry if you're one of them, but you know, I'm sorry, you were, you were really, really creepy, and I wish I could use more swear words to describe how creepy you were. But the guys that were inventing the robots. Yeah. But you know, I actually felt Empathy. It, it was like, well, what is this feeling? For what, the robot be? or the creator? The robot. Oh, right, I was, I was like that poor robot, and I was going, that poor thing yeah. has got to be subjected to this horrible, awful weirdo forever with no recompense. Yep. Cannot escape. I was like, wow, that would be really awful. And you start talking about this thing's, in, I mean, I know the sex robots weren't theoretically intelligent or artificially intelligent, but what if they were? And then you get to Blade Runner. 
mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So Daryl Hannah's character. Well, yeah. and I wanted to bring up Blade Runner because, one, I love it so much. And, two, there's a new Blade Runner movie that I'm, scared to, de- well, I'm yeah. scared to death of coming yeah. out because I'm like, they could really mess this up, yeah, man. Oh, man, you could really wreck this thing. It could turn into <laughs> Superman versus Batman just like that. It's oh. going to be horrible. But Blade Runner, if you've never seen it, go watch it, please. We'll wait. <laughs> um, Blade Runner is, is essentially about a- androids, which they called replicants. It was, it was based on, a, and if you've never read Philip K. Dick, please go read Philip K. Dick. The, the original story in Philip K. Dick has nothing to do with Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So the story was called uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric, Electric Sheep? Sheep yeah. That story actually has very, very little to do with, with the Blade Runner concept uh, at all. But it's still a great story. But at the end of that, essentially what was going on was these androids are being uh, set to die. Yep. Because they did not want them to get out of control. So they gave them these, these termination dates mm-hmm. that the minute they were built, they were told they only live this long and then they're going to die. Now, think about our modern world. We would never do this. Because, I mean, you don't want to waste resources building this android and just have it croak on you. Like, that would really be a drag. Right. And, but and at the same time, it makes, makes sense. The androids themselves may have done this because they don't want the androids to, or they don't want the AIs to get out of control. Which leads us to one more movie, right? Go ahead. Yeah. You had something but, to say. I, but I think we look at, at, at what it means to be human right now, and we all have life expectancies. You know, they're hard-coded in, or, you know, we may wake up one day, take a left instead of a right, and get hit by a bus. But... What is modern medicine doing? We're trying to eradicate or erase that. There's a group of people right now called Global Initiative 2045. And what they're saying is by 2045, they are going to eradicate death. And I might make it. There's a lot, including people, um, uh, um, there's a lot of, let's say, people that are on this, on this group. Uh, industry huh. people. And, and it's pretty wild. I went to one of their conferences in New York, and it's very convincing. So... Let me bring up my next movie yeah. reference, because we were giving you a whole pile of movie references for today. Logan's Run. Uh, so Logan's Run, if you've never read it or watched the movie, it's an old movie from the 70s, but the book is even older. The book is from the 60s. And I love the book. I've read it so many times. The, the whole premise of Logan's Run was that that was achieved, that, that humans got to the point where they could, one, live forever, essentially, and it became a bit of a problem because they, want, they kept reproducing. There was too many of them. They couldn't feed them, and they decided to turn the management of their society over to AI. And the AI optimized the problem. Yep. And it said, you know what? Here's the deal. You can do whatever you want. You can have a good time. <laughs> and, but when you turn 31... Now, they invented a fake religion. You know, we won't get into that either. But they invented a fake religion to convince everybody that they didn't die. They just got reborn in the nursery. So that way they'd voluntarily go yeah, in there and get whacked. Yeah. Uh, you're going to go to Carousel. And, and what, what did they say when they were doing that? I don't uh, remember. Renew. It was like oh, all renew, the people yeah. are floating up into that thing going, renew, <laughs> renew. And then they all thought they got reborn in the nursery. But, yeah, I don't think so. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean again, there was this, this weird problem of, of AI and humans and, and, and optimization. And maybe humans have to make that decision, too. If, if they say, well, everybody's going to live forever. There's no way the planet can support us. Uh, we can't spend any money on it because, you know, who would want to do space exploration when we could blow stuff up right here at home? Uh, I mean, but, you know, we were trying to... Or outer space versus inner space, where well, yeah, we create this whole VR. Of course, I keep saying, you know how much stuff you could blow up in outer space? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so much more stuff to blow up out there. I mean, if we just got focused on that, we could conquer whole other, you know, places, and, and then they would spend billions and trillions on it. But instead, you go, we just want to learn about things. You're like, oh, yeah, I can't afford that. We need a bomb. Come on. Mm-hmm. Bigger yeah. bomb. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't get into politics. Um, we're running out of time, yep. but... As we wrap this up, uh, a whole lot of different AI stuff comes to light in sci-fi. And I was going to mention a couple of other ones. Uh, Minority Report, yeah. not the movie. Philip K. Dick, yeah. 
I don't, I don't like the movie, but I don't, anything with Tom Cruise in it, I'm going to pass on. But, but Philip K. Dick wrote the, the book Minority Report, which was, again, it was a very similar thing about now using AI to predict your behavior. Mm -hmm. So the AI was far, far better at, than humans at predicting people's behavior. I want to solve the crime before it happens by predicting that I'm going to walk out of here and do something bad. So they're going to come drag me off uh, and do that. So I put all the, the movies and the books that we talked about in the show today uh, in the show notes. So check that out on the wiki if you want to see that or read any of that stuff. I really wish you would because you need to be aware of this stuff if you're not. I put other references to all these different stories that we talked about. Thanks, Russ, for braving the elements Thanks. and coming out even though you might not be with us much longer. I'm just kidding. Um, I think he's getting better. I'm getting, I'm getting fine. I'm fine. I, I was cueing your line there from the Bonnie Python. Oh, but, yeah. you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm a parrot. Like, come back next week. Yeah.